She's on the money. She's on the money. <laughs> Hello and welcome to She's on the Money, the podcast for millennials who want financial freedom. This is one of our Money Diary episodes and as always from now onwards, I'm joined by the beautiful and the radiant Tony Lodge. Hello, Tony. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. Um, And we have a really interesting Money Diary today, which I know nothing about yet. (laughs) So, Tony, can you read us the email and we'll get straight into it? I am bursting at the seams this is are you actually well you've been talking about it literally all day Mm -hmm. and now I feel like you've worked it up so it better be good oh no no pressure my friend I actually never back anything in I'm backing this in okay it's amazing back it in let's go ready Hi, she's on the money gang. Gang. We are a gang. I saw your Insta post about wanting to chat with someone earning a high salary without a university degree, and that's me. Yes. I'm 27 from Tassie. Same. And, oh, my God, your sisters. Oh, we probably are cousins. (laughs) (laughs) And started working full time three weeks after starting year 11 when I was 16. My parents have always owned their own businesses and were always fighting about money. They had a pretty toxic relationship, and my siblings and I had a traumatic upbringing. At 18, I started working in a sales call centre with potential to earn uncapped commissions. I worked really hard to earn 85k consistently for all the years that I worked in the role. That Uh, is so much money. Allowing me to buy my first home at 20. 20. 20 to zero. Having not finished year 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. And escape from my parents, but also for my siblings to escape too. I love that. I'm so proud of her. That's really special. I transferred to HR and began my career in recruitment and moving from a call centre to a corporate world was a big adjustment for me. The majority of the people I am now working with all have been to uni and have degrees. I've struggled Take that, uni people. <laughs> I've struggled with imposter syndrome quite a bit, often feeling like I'm not smart enough or even proven I deserve a seat at the table. Oh, no, you deserve a seat. And if you don't think that there's a seat for you at the table, go get a chair and just drag it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like scratch it along the hardwood floors so everybody notices you on the way. Luckily for me, I have an incredibly supportive manager who believes in me and she reminds me that a piece of paper doesn't prove my worth or value. Absolutely, it does not. Fast forward three years and I'm absolutely loving my career choices. Between my partner and I, we currently have two houses and a block of land. Oh, my, oh my God. gosh. We are saving to build our next house and getting married in Feb 2022. Oh, my gosh. So sweet. I'm going to ask her about her ring. <laughs> not bad for a kid from a rural town that only finished grade 10. I love that for her. Let's get her on the phone, Tony. Do you want to give her a buzz? Oh. Hello, Money Diarist. Are you ready to talk oh. about your money? diary? Yes, I am. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting. Oh my gosh, you've only finished year 10. I cannot wait to have a chat with you, but in traditional She's on the Money form, we're going to go through our structured questions and then we'll get to lots of questions at the back end of the interview. Are you ready? Yes, bring it on. Awesome. Could you explain to us what your attitude to money is? Sorry, I've had a think about this. Um, and I think it's been a bit of an evolution. So, as I said, my parents have always owned their own business. They were arguing all the time, and that was mostly about money. Um, they didn't really teach uh, my siblings and I very good money habits or the value of money. Um, I All I knew was I didn't want to be like them, but I just didn't know how. 
So when I bought my house and moved out of home, it was a massive adjustment for me to learn how to save and budget for myself. And I quickly realized it's not something that you're automatically good at. Um, so I just learned from books and friends and podcasts and trial and error. But today I'm feeling really confident with my approach to money. I've got uh, a color-coded spreadsheet so that's got my budget on it. Wow. I've got clearly defined bank accounts, all my savings. Um, so I feel like I'm in a really good place um, with my attitude towards money. I feel like you are too. That's so exciting. All right. What do you do for work and how much money do you earn? So I work in recruitment and I currently earn just over $90,000 a year plus super. So what comes into my bank account every fortnight is just over $2,600. That is epic. Oh my gosh. Without no, it's not bad. <laughs> what do you mean not bad? That's great. That is such good money. And the fact that you're saving and investing, like, oh, I'm so excited about this money diary. All right. So you obviously have some property already, but what is currently your big money goal? Yeah. So like I said in the email, um, we're getting married in February. So we've got kind of a short-term money goal of um, saving for that. Uh, don't want to put any of that on credit cards or any loans you want to pay um, for that in cash. And then long-term, we're saving to build a house on the block that we bought earlier this year. So that's probably three to five years in the future, but we want to be able to pay for most of that with cash as well. Oh my gosh, that's, that's so, so amazing. That is so exciting. <laughs> so we know you have some property, but do you have any investments? Uh, yeah, so I've got the property. So that's only been a rental for about eight months. Um, and maybe about 18 months ago, I started investing into spaceships, just a little bit of money every week. I'm really keen to do a little bit more. But um, as you say, if you're not ready to invest, you know, long term, you shouldn't be putting the money in for a couple of years. So exactly. I'm holding out until we build the house. Oh my start. gosh. Um, yeah. Woman after my own heart. She's really gone through the Victoria Divine School of Finance, that's for sure. I I would not be (laughs) mad if that existed. Can you imagine if there was a thing called the Victoria Divine School of Finance? Should that be our next project? Oh, I'm here for it. We're doing it. I'm doing it. I'm there. (laughs) Is that too egotistical? Oh, do you know what? I don't even mind. No. As long as people are saying stuff like this, like, I'm saving and I'm investing and I've got a plan. Like, I don't care how they learn. All right. All right. Do you currently have any debts? So, yes, we have the three mortgages between my partner and I. So, it's the, the sum of um, debt that we're in is a large amount. It's a bit scary, but um, we've got a really good future plan. Um, we've, got, we've both got really good paying jobs and we have a really good financial planner, which we both trust. Um, awesome. With our situation. So. Oh, my gosh. So, you've got a financial advisor. Yes. Yes, we do. Awesome. Awesome. And how do you think that that has helped your journey? Um, it just provides the clarity. Like, it's so great listening to your podcast and I do my own research, but I'm not an expert either. Um, so we can reach out to him and meet with him and he can answer all of our questions, look at our situation and give us the best advice to set us up for the future. Yes. Um, and the best thing about him is he's just so, like, he doesn't speak finance jargon. Um, either like he really makes it relatable so we fully understand what we're getting ourselves into and he's been there like I've been working with him for a while now so he knows my full situation oh my gosh um, and yeah we'll continue to work with him maybe you'll uh, have to introduce me to this guy so I can be his friend <laughs> all right maybe next time you're down in Tasmania we can do a little uh, don't put up. it past me I love Tassie obviously <laughs> I grew up there and I get back at every possible opportunity <laughs> 
So what is currently your best money habit? So I would say my best money habit is um, like the way that I budget and filter my money. Um, it's a little bit extra, but I have um, three different banks that kind of have different accounts in them. So one bank is uh, mortgages, and that's where we save using an offset account for our house. Um, then I've got another bank, which is all my, um, I suppose, important money. And um, so that's where I've got my emergency account, um, my you know weekly expenses like groceries, petrol, that kind of thing. All my money for my bills um, go into that bank. And then I use UpBank for all of my funds spending. So my weekly allowance and my splurge account, and that's where we're saving for the wedding as well. Oh my god! It doesn't sound like you need a financial advisor. It sounds like you could be my financial oh my gosh, advisor. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. And in on the flip side of that, what is your worst money habit? So, as most cheese on the money listeners, I love food. So I do tend to splurge a little Not bit. Not just on listeners, food. also the host, also the people that work here. Yeah, yeah. also the people that work here. We also love snacks. Um, but if I had to say anything else, it would be I, I try to make lists of things that I want to buy so I don't kind of go out and, and buy them willy-nilly. But when I start buying one, I want to buy them all. So then I end up doing that and I completely drain my kind of splurge account. So then it takes a few weeks to build the savings back up there. But I, I tend to just keep on repeating that cycle. And if I forced you to give yourself a grade, what money grade would you give yourself? I am going to give myself an A. Yes. Nice. It's been a while. Yeah, back yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I feel like it's been a really long time since a money diarist has genuinely been like, no, I'm an A. I love this. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether they deserve it or not. Sometimes we're back like, yourself. you definitely deserve an A. And they're like, oh, I'm no. I'm a B minus. <laughs> I'm not having it. Anyway, I've got so many questions for you and we'll get back to them in just a moment. All right, Money Diarist, thank you so much for sharing those with us. I actually have so many questions for you, but my first question is how? Um, <laughs> look, I know that that's probably a little bit frank, but you know, having not finished year 12 and just finished at year 10 and then gone on to have this really great salary, the question isn't how did you do that? It's how are you now so good at money management? Like where did you learn that you needed all of your bank accounts and you wanted to buy a house and, you know, what that meant to then, you know, buy a block of land as well and transform that into an investment property? Like how have you done that at such a young age, having come from a background that didn't teach you that? Yeah, um, I think it's just a lot of trial and error and, you know, looking into... Not that much error, though, from the looks of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's definitely been times where, you know, I have to... Not only say paycheck to paycheck, but I've had very little money in my account. Um, But I think it's just I kind of knew exactly what I wouldn't... What I didn't want to be like. And so I did everything in my power to be the opposite for that. So, yeah, it was just when I first had the opportunity to be able to earn a lot of money and I realised how much money that was, I was like, yep, first thing I'm going to do is buy a house um, and get into the market. And I did that, um, you know, a little while ago now so that my house has gone up um, in so much value, which is amazing. And then um, from there, it was it was a good couple of years or probably a few years until I felt like I was kind of confident in um, how I set up my money and, and, and did my budget and and that kind of thing. So, 
yeah, just knowing what, what I wanted to be and just working really hard to try and get there. I love that. It makes me so excited that you're just so well set up having started from, you know, I don't want to say a disadvantaged start, but from a start that, you know, didn't teach you the finance skills that I believe everyone deserves. It's also really powerful that you came from such a, well, I mean, like you said in your email, quite a hard environment to grow up in. It's really powerful that you kind of took away from that and went, okay, that's what not to do when I, you know, it comes to controlling my finances. And obviously you and your partner are super open about your finances. You've both got, you know, houses together and separately and things like that. What does, what does he do for a job? If you don't mind me asking. I'm pervy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, he's an electrician by trade, but he specialises in installing elevators. Oh, um, my gosh. Do you guys yeah. still live in Tasmania? Yes, we do. We're so they have elevators in Tasmania. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. They've got everything now. <laughs> yeah, but they don't have Uber Eats. Oh, no, yeah. we do. What? Oh, she's probably from Hobart. Breaking news. You from Hobart? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nah, up in Launceston, we don't have Uber hey, Eats yet. Too many questions, too sorry. personal. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right, well, so we're just like breaking down your exact location. But do you know what? Hobart's expensive now, knowing if she's living down there. Hobart's genuinely expensive to break into the property market there. Great rental yield too, which our money diaries probably is very aware of. (laughs) She's like, yes, Victoria, I know. Um, So while we're on the topic of your partner and to be a little bit pervy, because we do love a good pervy money question here. Yeah, like you said you were getting married in 2022, which is very exciting and actually creeping up. It's less than a year away now. Mm -hmm. How did you guys go about getting engaged? What happened with your ring? What happened with all of that? Because obviously, like, you seem to have your head screwed on. What was that process like? Um, it was a surprise. So, oh, um, so cute. Yeah. Tell us, tell us. Oh, yeah, what happened? We're both <laughs> sitting on the edge of our seats here. <laughs> um, so we had a trip planned to Europe, which had to get cancelled because of COVID. It was oh. going to be my birthday while we were over there. So that um, was his original plan. Oh, my gosh, imagine. Unfortunately, I know. But I like his backup plan even better. So we went down um, to a place where I grew up and we went on this really beautiful hike. Um, It was like a 20K hike or something ridiculous. Um, and when How we got dare he end, make you do that before giving you that ring? I can't believe it. <laughs> Work it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, when we got to the end, he yeah, got down on one knee and proposed oh. and he's the backpack he'd been carrying around champagne for the oh. entire walk. Oh, my, oh my heart. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. So it was a complete so, uh, surprise and he saved for the ring and you had literally no idea. Yes, I had no idea. So he told me he'd had it for um, quite a few months and kept it in the ceiling of in the, ceiling. Um, the house. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knew it was summer, I would never look. Um, and he designed well, it. What himself, would you be doing um, in it? Oh, he designed it himself. Oh. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh, can you imagine? That's such a lovely story. That's I just like wanted so to be really wholesome. pervy. I was like, she's getting married. She would have had a proposal. Let's ask. Because I'm always so interested in that journey and just, you know, have you? did you guys have conversations about marriage and what that looked like and, you know, the financial yeah. aspects of that? Yeah, definitely. I think um, we were both – our relationship started really slow um, for the first six months because I think we really wanted to get to know each other properly. Um, and I think for both of us it was really important that our partner was in a good financial situation as well, which we, we both came into it um, like that and 
spoke about the future and that kind of thing. We did speak about engagement rings and like I said, I didn't really want to be a part of the process, but it was important to me that he didn't go out and splurge on something that was ridiculously expensive because we have these goals that we want. Yeah, that's um, fair. As much as I would love a big um, flashy ring and it is, I think, big and flashy enough for me anyway, <laughs> um, that's not, I suppose, what we value. Um, yeah. And it's nice to ask yeah. these questions too because it's not often that, you know, if your friend gets engaged, you don't go, how much was your ring? Did you guys talk about the money values you had together before you got engaged? <laughs> like that's why I really like this podcast and the, I guess, anonymity that you have so I can ask that and we can listen in as if we're friends. And most people would be quite offended if you – like if someone oh gosh, went, oh, yes. I'm, I'm engaged and I you went, how much was your ring and did you talk about it beforehand? <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh, how offensive. <laughs> like I don't know, it's not coming from a malicious place. You are a bit pervy but – you never get to ask those questions in real life, so let's ask them here. <laughs> um, and how's wedding planning going? What's the budget for that look like? Sorry, um, weddings are expensive. Guys. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so initially we had a figure in mind, and then um, hang I on, tell us the figure. <laughs> a figure um, in so mind. This is the sheet on the market money. You don't just go. Oh, we're thinking about <laughs> a number, my love. What was that number? <laughs> So the figure was twenty thousand. Yeah, that's a pretty figure. good mm-hmm. budget. That's big. That's substantial yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, and we had a really clear picture of what we wanted for the wedding as well. So that made it really easy. Um, I went away and contacted like a whole heap of different venues and vendors um, and spoke with them and got prices. But when I added it up, and I mean, we're not doing anything super extra. Like the wedding is just going to be super laid back and kind of picnic festival style. Cute. Good music, two trucks. Um, oh, Tony and I, we'll, we'll send you our address. Yeah. You can send the invite right on over. We don't need plus ones. We'll just go Thank together. Yeah, we'll actually just go together. So don't worry about a plus one for us. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it adds up really quickly. So um, that quickly went over that 20K limit. Um, and when I sat down with my partner, we went through everything line by line and we thought, what we were wanting to pay for everything was really justifiable but you know when you add it all up it went over that so it's probably going to be around $25,000 now. That's still Um, under the average of $34,000 for a wedding here in Australia so I don't think that's that bad. No I think it's pretty good and like I said we want to pay for all of it in cash we don't want to put anything on credit or anything like that so yeah I'm happy with that figure. You're like a dream like what? Everybody listening is like, she's making this up, I bet you. It sounds it's like it's so me with a voice decoder on. Like, it doesn't sound like it's real. <laughs> it's, it's actually genuinely so so impressive. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, I think, um, I, think I am. I do often kind of struggle with a bit of imposter syndrome sometimes. Um, but when, especially when you read that email back to me, I was like, whoa, I have done She's cool. A hundred percent. And and like you said in the email, you know, oh, I've got a, I've got mentors that tell me a piece of paper doesn't mean anything. And I will tell you firsthand, this is my experience. I've got the piece of paper and I still struggle with imposter syndrome every single day. I don't, I don't Oh my gosh, me too. You know, it's, it's not only that it doesn't make a difference as in like, if you're good at the job, you're going to get it, but it doesn't make you feel more confident. And especially as a, as a female, often 
females that you see larger numbers of imposter syndrome and people experiencing those feelings and every day for me at least once a day that there's a second of me going oh I'm so lucky to be here when no I've actually worked really hard so you should be really proud of yourself because your background and what you've been able to achieve is just is so impressive like oh it is it is so impressive and I think you touched on something that's really important here as well Tony it's not luck no you worked really hard for this and imposter syndrome is something that I suffer from massively I'm always like oh thanks and I guess it's why I can't really get behind myself when I get Mm -hmm. you know obviously we know that I have a few awards and stuff like that but when it happens I'm so bad at celebrating those things with my team with my family with my friends because I'm always like oh yeah I got this and then in the back of my head I'm like yeah but they made a mistake like they didn't they didn't mean it or most recently I got an award and I was like oh yeah like it's really cool but I don't know why I got it like I don't get it at all and I really need to pull my own head in Mm -hmm. because it's cool and we really should back ourselves and we really should have this idea of ourselves that is true and correct like I'm so impressed with your story and it has nothing to do with luck and you're absolutely not an imposter like it breaks my heart a little bit that I know so many people in our community suffer with this and you know it's probably something I want to have a deeper conversation about because it is deep and it is meaningful and it is impactful if we can start backing ourselves in a better way yeah um, I completely agree because it's it's so important to be able to not be cocky and not be no. not be rude about it, but just to be proud of ourselves and back ourselves in. It's so powerful. And if a friend told you that they won an award, how excited would you be for them? Yeah, exactly. And like, we should be doing that to ourselves. Exactly. And so should you, my friend. I feel like you are so impressive. But what is, you know, a lot of people listening to this um, – are going to have listened and been like, oh, wow, I didn't grow up with that situation Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm not in a better situation now because of it. Like what is the first step that you really took that helped you get on the right path to being able to be what I would deem to be relatively financially secure for your age? Oh, that's a really good question. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I thought of it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. Um, I think while I didn't necessarily have the best um, role models parentally and like I love both of my parents they they were good they did the best that they could with what they had I suppose at the time but there were other people in my life that I could look to and be like yep I want to be more like them mm-hmm. um, and just because you you know might not have the best um, staff you, you don't have to follow that path you know you can make a conscious decision about where you want your life to go um and there'll be people out there that will support you and that will believe in you and will invest time in you to be able to do that and I've been really lucky um you know in my personal life and throughout my career um I've had amazing managers that have invested a lot of time and effort um into me because they could see how hard I would work um and how how much I really wanted to do my best at everything that I did Oh, you're going to make Tony cry. She's yeah, across the room with her hand on her chest <laughs> being like, oh, my gosh. I just want you to ring me every morning and be like, you can do it, babe. <laughs> I love we can that. that. We can right. do more morning group pep talks. Yeah. I like it. We can jump in here and be like, all right, so hype us up, my Here friend. we go. Here we go. <laughs> but I, I love this. I absolutely love this. And I think it is really powerful, um, especially when it comes to financial literacy. And I'm very, very grateful that you, you know, are sharing 
sharing this story with us and knowing that you're from Tasmania and knowing, you know, that's obviously very close to my heart because I grew up there. Yep. But then also knowing you didn't finish year 10 or you did finish year 10, you didn't do secondary, what do you call it? VCE. That's in Victoria. Call it, like, call it HSC. College. college, yeah. So you didn't do college and then you've made it in an area that usually requires a degree. I'm just so genuinely proud of you and proud that you're a part of our community and that you get to be one of the role models for the people listening to our show. Like it's just so special that these stories get to be out there now. And I want to just say thanks for joining us and thanks for, you know, sharing your story because it genuinely is really special to us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that um, I got the opportunity to, to do this and hopefully inspire other people that, um, you know, might not have finished or, like I said, high school or college or gone to university, that there are still opportunities out there. Oh, you um, absolutely for- have. You absolutely have. And I think for that sure. it's so important. So thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Okay, so just before we head off, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respect to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of the lands, the waterways and the skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and for caring for the land on which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. The advice shared on She's on the Money is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Nuh-uh. She's on the Money exists purely for educational purposes purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. And we promise Victoria Divine is an authorised representative of Australia Pacific Funds Management, Proprietary Limited, ABN 34132463257, AFSL 339151. And uh, yeah, thanks to our team of audio wizards who is actually Tony it's as well. It's just me. Just you. It's just us. We can just hang out. It's, it's just like two of three us. three kids in a trench coat. Yeah. Like- yeah, I'm actually really excited. <laughs> And I think that's something to celebrate, right? Like we have a full-time audio engineer, producer, co-host, everything all in one now. Oh, I am a wizard. You are a wizard, Harry. You're a a wizard, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Not as attractive as Harry. Anyway, we would love it if you joined our Facebook group where our community shares money tips and tricks every single day free of judgment search she's on the money on facebook and join us if facebook's not your thing that is more than cool find us on instagram as well we're at she's on the money AUS. where tony we just hit a hundred thousand friends yeah! are they friends or followers i don't want to say followers i don't like followers no, it sounds a little bit weird but it definitely friends we have a hundred thousand friends that's too many friends they're I not gonna afford fit. the birthday yeah. parties <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> imagine if you had a hundred thousand people calling up to sleep on your couch after oh a night God. out or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen anyway. You're welcome if you need to, but maybe not the hundred thousand others. Anyway, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on whatever app you use. We appreciate literally every single thing you guys do for us. See you next week. Bye.